Thai Cambodian border at Poipet. Poipet, Cambodia. If you want to find a place on earth that most resembles Mos Eisley spaceport this is a great place to start. I ended up there as I was on my way to see the Angkor Wat temple complex in Siem Reap. As I was backpacking then, I followed the typical route. Bus from Khao San Road in the morning to the border at Aranyaprathet, Thailand. From there you go through immigration, cross the border and into the most wretched hive of scum and villainy in the galaxy. Well, it's not that bad, but you had better keep your hands firmly on any valuables as they can disappear faster than you can say. The town is dirt roads, low buildings, and naked children begging for, demanding. One Thai baht, for reference, the going rate for beggars in Thailand is 20 baht. It kind of gives an idea about just how poor Cambodia is compared to relatively wealthy Thailand. The main draw to Poipit, besides the access to Siem Reap, is casinos. Las Vegas it is not, but there are casinos everywhere. Since gambling is illegal in Thailand, yeah right. Go to any part of Bangkok, throw a rock and you will hit a house with a high-low game in progress, Thais cross the border to legally throw their money away. One of the best parts of travel is meeting new people. Most will make for good temporary traveling, drinking, and yes, romantic companions. Yes, in the pre-smartphone era, you had to actually leave your house to find people to hook up with. Others may turn into lifelong friends. While some may be people you wish had never left the holes they had obviously crawled out of. Ivan fits firmly into the latter category. I met Ivan on the bus from Khao San Road that fateful morning. I would only know him for about 48 hours, but crap, he fit a lot of drama into those two days. The journey from Bangkok to Siem Reap takes at least 12 hours and that is if your Cambodian van doesn't break down. Pro tip, all Cambodian vans and buses break down. So over those long hours spent on roads that probably are responsible for making a lot of back surgeons very rich and crossing bridges that were nothing more than a couple of warped planks or tree trunks haphazardly stretched out over the streams and rivers below we got to know each other. Cambodian countryside. Cambodian countryside. Cambodian countryside. I got my first clue that Ivan may be a bit dodgy when he had trouble getting into Cambodia. While things may have changed over the years, this was in 2002 and Cambodia was still pretty much the Wild West, East? There were rumors that you could blow up a cow with an RPG if that were your thing. An urban legend for sure, but one that has been around for years. Khmer Rouge members were still in the jungles up in Bat Tambong and political violence was on the rise in the run-up to the long overdue elections. The immigration officer spent a long time looking at Ivan's passport and eventually pulled him out of line and took him to a back room. I'm not sure what happened in that room, a bribe most likely, but Ivan was allowed into Cambodia. I was a bit wary now, but I let it go because we've all had trouble getting into third world countries at one time or another, right? Ivan convinced Cambodian immigration that he was not a threat to national security and he made his way onto the bus. As luck would have it, there was an empty seat next to me on the bus. I should take a moment to describe the bus that was going to take us on the perilous journey to Siem Reap. It's entirely possible that this bus carried weapons and supplies on the Ho Chi Minh Trail. It was some sort of ancient delivery van slash communist school bus slash rejected Ford Pinto prototype. It was garbage. Ten backpackers were crammed into the two small seats with all of our packs stacked up in the aisle. There are a few times in life where I am glad to not be very tall, and this was one of them. Sardines would complain about these conditions. The butt and backbreaking journey took about eight hours. Keep in mind, that it is only 150 kilometers from Poipit to Siem Reap. That is how terrible the road was. I've read that the road is now paved. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I suppose it is good for the locals who have to use the road every day, but for the tourist, it's just one more lost opportunity for adventure. Back to Ivan. 
He and I were talking about travels and all the usual topics one talks about while backpacking. He mentioned a few times that he was short of cash. Once again, I should have picked up on this, but I am interminably slow. I did think to myself, if you are so short of money, why are you here, but he was not the first person I met traveling on a shoestring budget. For some, eking out an existence on the road is better than having to go to work every day. The more he talked though, the more it seemed he was not so much traveling but running. Running from what though? The mafia? The Russian army? Who knows, but something wasn't right about this guy. The bus finally arrived at a guest house, and we had the choice to either stay there or look for different accommodations. After 16 hours on the road, none of us were interested in looking for anything else. We spent some time sitting around in the small dining area drinking and making plans for the next day. At that time you could get a one or three day pass to Encore Wat. You could go in late in the afternoon and watch the sunset for free and not get charged a day, so that was what we decided to do. The we I am referring to is the group from the bus. It included a couple of Canadian girls, a Dutch girl, a couple from Israel, Ivan, and me. We were all assigned a motorbike taxi driver. Young Cambodian guys who would chauffeur us around the park and basically take us wherever we wanted to go. They were really great guys. They practically lived on their bikes. They would drop us off at one of the major temples in the park and when we came back after a couple hours of exploring, they would be crashed out on their bikes. They really were amazing kids. It was fun getting to know them a little bit and talk about life in Cambodia. One thing that struck me about the country was the lack of certain generation of people. It was either very young people or very old people. Even though Pol Pot was long dead, his influence on the country still hung heavy in the hearts of the people. The boys spoke English well enough that we could have some interesting conversations. One of the funnier conversations I had was with my driver. He told me that every boy wanted to make enough money to be able to buy a motorcycle so they could get a girlfriend. I had to laugh. We weren't so different. Cambodian boys wanted a bike for the same reason American boys wanted a car. I really need to write a separate story about the kids of Cambodia. They were funny, smart and incredibly resourceful. So we had made our plans for the next day and were ready to crash out for the night. We were assigned our rooms and since Ivan was short of cash, I agreed to share a room with him. Another bad choice, but not the worst, or the stupidest, decision I would make that night. I had been chatting with the Dutch girl over drinks that evening. She was not your typical Amazonian Dutch girl. She had brown curly hair a bit of a dark complexion and was even a little shorter than I. She was a bit of a hippie, so not really my type, but she was funny and interesting so I enjoyed chatting with her. It was pretty late so we all decided to turn in. Our rooms were across from each other and as I walked into my room, the Dutch girl said she didn't have a good feeling about Ivan and that I was welcome to stay with her. Ah, I'll be fine. See you in the morning. Yeah, that is what I said, or something to that effect. Yep, I am an idiot. I can still see the look on her face. It was a combination of, what the hell is wrong with this guy and he must be very stupid. Guilty as charged. I told myself if that situation ever arises again, join the Dutch girl in her room. The situation has not arisen again. If I had one wish I think it would be to go back and kick my own ass for being so stupid that night. I didn't sleep well that night, and not for the obvious reason, but at some point, Ivan had opened the windows to our room. I woke up in the middle of the night covered in mosquitoes. The idiot didn't close the screens. So here I am in Southeast Asia, the land of malaria, dengue fever, and Japanese encephalitis absolutely getting chewed up by those little vampire bastards. I bet Dutch girl's windows were closed. I yelled at him and he was just like, uh, sorry. The morning couldn't come soon enough. One, so I could get away from Ivan and two, maybe do some international diplomacy with the Netherlands. 
Encore what in the late afternoon? Yeah, I blew it. Things were a little icy at breakfast. Oh well, such is life. Plans were made for the afternoon. Our drivers would take us into the park in the afternoon so we could catch the sunset view of Encore Wat. We would have to buy our 3 day ticket before entering the park, but we would not be charged a day since we were going in late in the afternoon. At the time, it cost $40 for a 3 day pass. When he heard the price, Ivan started asking people if he could borrow money so he could join us. Okay dude, so you go on a trip to Siem Reap, Cambodia and you don't have the money to see the thing everyone is here for? At this point, even I was convinced that this guy is up to no good. Everyone else had it figured out yesterday, but as I said, I can be a bit slow. If you are that short of cash, it may be time to go home. Unless the mafia is waiting for you, I suppose. Four of us set off for the park to enjoy the sunset along with hundreds of other backpackers all doing the same thing. Everyone thinks they are breaking new ground, but really the SE Asia route is already well-traveled. We were not so much adventurers, but visitors to a huge, mosquito and bedbug-ridden theme park. I'm referring to the Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam and Laos circuit. Still, even though it is not new ground for tourists, it is pretty amazing seeing all of this history and meeting all these different people. I even met my friend Naoki on top of the rocks looking down on Angkor Wat. Even though we live in the same country now, and we don't get to see each other very often, we are still friends after all these years. I thought that after seeing the sunset that would be the end of my evening. Little did I know, Ivan would get me into a seriously sticky situation later that night. A common route for many backpackers in SE Asia. I went back to the guest house to take a shower and relax. I was still pretty tired after the epic journey from Bangkok the day before. Back at the guest house, Ivan was sitting alone drinking a beer. I decided to be friendly and ordered a beer and joined Ivan for a chat. He had just hung around the guest house all day due to lack of funds. He didn't even bother to check out Seam Reap. This guy was no tourist. He was definitely running from someone or something. After my shower, my motorbike driver asked Ivan and I if we wanted to go meet some girls. After my complete fail the night before, I was ready to atone for my terrible decision-making. However, I would soon find that my decision-making had not improved over the last 24 hours. Ivan and I hopped on the back of our chauffeur's bikes and headed off to some remote part of the city. Cambodia generally, and Siem Reap specifically, were still pretty wild at that time, so little did I know what I was getting myself into. I figured we would be going to some club or a beer bar at least. Nope, after riding through some jungle we came to a clearing with a shabby-looking Quonset hut on one side of the dirt path and an equally shabby-looking snooker hall on the other. Ivan and I dismount and walked into a scene that was as depressing as it was horrifying. I walked into the room to find two sets of folding chairs on either side of the room. On one side were a bunch of men. On the other were a bunch of girls. And I do mean girls. It was dark, but I would say the age of the girls ranged from 18 to 14, possibly younger. Makeup does add years to a girl, but anyone could see most of the girls were well under the age of consent. There were some older women in there too. I suppose they were there just in case the authorities ever did come around and check in on things. However, the authorities were probably the ones running the place. It's not uncommon for the police, army or politicians to be the ones behind the majority of illicit operations in SE Asia. If you could follow the money all the way to the end, you would find the authorities behind most gambling operations as well as the sale of drugs, weapons, and girls. Now I'm not going to bullshit you and say I am pure as the driven snow. I've done some things that people would probably frown upon, but I don't really care about their moral judgments. A single guy in Asia can have a lot of fun. I'll just leave it at that. However, this was a bit much even for me. I left Ivan to pick his girl and I went across the road for a beer and maybe some snooker.
I was into my second beer and first snooker game, I am a terrible snooker player when Ivan came into the place babbling about needing my help. Apparently, he felt that he did not get his money's worth and wanted me to help him get his money back. I just looked at him and told him that whatever you did in there, you are not getting your money back. He said he had only gotten a massage and that was it. I reiterated that whatever you did, that is what you paid for and he should just let it go. No no no, he said. You have to get my money back. Ivan wanted me to go back into a Cambodian brothel and ask for his $20 back. Yeah, $20. Everything is cheap in Cambodia. Even underage prostitutes. Just to shut him up, I agreed and walked back into the brothel. Behind a counter was a pretty big Cambodian dude who most likely had at least a 9mm behind the counter and quite possibly an AK-47. So in my friendliest and most charming of voices, I politely asked the dude if my friend could have his money back since he only got a massage and nothing else. The dude looked at me with a face and a look in his eyes that basically said I could kill you and bury you in the jungle and no one would ever know and simply grunted, I took this as a no. Veiled, that was good enough for me. I politely thanked him, turned on my heels and walked back to the snooker hall happy that I was still able to walk. Upon entering the snooker hall Ivan chastised me saying that I sure didn't try very hard. I told him to knock himself out and go get his money back himself. At that point, I decided that it was probably best to get out of this place before something I couldn't control happened. Encore. 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 I returned to the guest house and went to bed as I had to get up early to tour Encore properly. Sadly, no invitation from the Netherlands was forthcoming. At the break of dawn two Canadian girls, the Dutch girl and I took off for the park. Ivan stayed behind because he couldn't even swing a one-day pass to see one of the wonders of the world. I won't bore you with the details of sightseeing, but wow, what an amazing place. Encore what is truly one of the most impressive sights one can see. When you see the structures and realize when they were built, the technology used and the materials that had to be moved into the jungle make it one of the most impressive feats of engineering on earth. I've walked on the Great Wall, seen the pyramids of Giza, from a distance, thank you very much, SSG Wrench, for putting me on tank washing detail, but to me, Encore may be the most impressive of the three. Not only is the scale of the temples incredible, but the size of the complex and ancient city is vast. At its height, Encore Wat, the temple complex, and the associated city covered around 1,000 square kilometers. The sun was beginning to set as we made our way back to the guest house to get cleaned up after walking around in the heat and humidity of the Cambodian jungle. It was dark by the time we got back. I went to my room and as soon as I opened the door I could see something was not quite right. My backpack seemed quite a bit smaller for some reason. Upon closer inspection, I soon realized why it looked smaller. Pretty much everything that was in it in the morning was now gone. That bastard Ivan had stolen most of my shit. I surmised that he would probably try to sell as much of it as he could. Markets were not too particular about where their stock came from. If it could be bought cheaply and sold at a profit, they were happy. I did a quick inspection and found that most of my t-shirts were gone as well as my CDs. Yes, we had to hump around CDs if we wanted music back then and worst of all, my Tevas. I could live without all of the other stuff, but how could I be an official backpacker without my Tevas? I'd be laughed at by all the real backpackers. I went to the receptionist and inquired about the whereabouts of Ivan. She said Ivan had checked out and was going back to Thailand. I told her that he had stolen a bunch of my stuff. Now after some time in Thailand, I expected the Cambodian version of, my pen rai, loosely translated as never mind, or I can't be bothered to care about your problems. However, Cambodia, or this guest house anyway, didn't have that attitude. The receptionist informed all the motorbike taxi boys and off they went to catch the buses to the Thai border. 
I was amazed. I really didn't expect much. Maybe a call to the police, but a high-speed chase was the last thing that popped into my head. Although, I bet the boys loved it. What, we get to drive really fast for a reason. Hell yeah, we'll catch that bus. Well, the boys got to the border and were told that Ivan had been denied entry to Thailand. Once again, denied entry to Thailand. Times have changed and Thailand is not the same place as it was back in 2002. Back then, the right amount of bot would pretty much make the impossible possible. So Ivan was on his way back to Siem Reap. The boys asked around at multiple guest houses for Ivan, but alas, he nor my Tevas could be found. I thanked the receptionist and the motorcycle taxi boys for their help and gave them a reward for their trouble. Ivan taught me many lessons over those 48 hours. Lock your shit up tight when you leave the room. Always accept invitations from Dutch girls or any nationality for that matter. Keep your tifas on your feet or in your daypack when not wearing them. And most importantly, avoid dodgy Russians on the run.